0: The way that we communicate with others has a direct impact on our relationships and also on our mental and emotional health. It often shapes the way we feel about ourselves and our relationship to the world around us. So it's no wonder that most people we work with want to be better at communicating with others. But what does it even mean to be a good communicator? Today, we get honest about the four basic styles of communication and the impact that they have on our lives and relationships. You're listening to Honest Women, The podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're
1: your hosts, Andrea Berkley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly.
0: You're listening to Honest Women.
1: We have started to get quite a few comments from our beloved listeners saying that they don't know who is who because they don't see us. They don't see us. I see you. I I see see you right now as we're recording. Mm -hmm. You're so cute, by the way. Uh, you know what? So are you. We both have our glasses on today. Oh,
0: we're so smart this we're morning. We're really
1: smart and studious <sighs> and adorable. Yeah, and we're going to get into smart stuff today, too. Real smart stuff with our glasses on. <laughs> Go to Instagram and you'll see our smart people glasses. <laughs> we're such dorks. So I wanted to take a minute really quick just to reintroduce myself. My name is Jessica Hutchison. I am the recipe voice. Yeah, you are. You're right now. You're the light haired one. You're Same the lighter. blondier one. Blondier. Because I'm still mm-hmm. yes, I'm the blondier one in the picture. Mm-hmm. Still brown, but blondier. It's a word. Agree. Right?
0: It hundred uh, percent.
1: and I'm Andrea Berkeley. I am the how would you describe my voice? You have a really good voice. In fact, my daughter often says, Miss Andrea's voice sounds better than yours oh, all the time. And I'm savage. like Savage. Oh. she's so savage. She's like, it's just the truth. I'm like, whatever. Have you ever heard of the raspy voice of like Demi Moore? Come on. Yeah, come
0: on. Come on. Not true. We make a good little pair, but I'm the smoother, I'm the princessier voice, and I am the darker haired one. And that's who we are. We're also therapists who work in different areas of mental health, and we'll be jumping into those a little bit later. But one of the things that we talk about, no matter what we're dealing with in our offices is communication. It's got to be the most common Mm. thing that people say, whether they're coming in individually, whether they come in as a couple, people always say, I just want to
1: communicate better, right? Oh, yes. In fact, when I have a new couple come in, I I just laugh every single Mm. time because it does not matter how old the couple is, how long they've been married. They all tell me their number one thing is to be better communicators with one another. Yep. And what they really mean
0: is I want you, other person, to understand what I'm saying and do what I want you to do.
1: I want to know how to get people to do what I want with minimal effort. Yeah,
0: and I'd actually really like for them to acknowledge that I'm doing an excellent job.
1: Oh, for sure. I could use a good gold star. Like, wow. (laughs) You are wonderful in your way of telling me what I should do. Yes. Wise, brilliant,
0: persuasive. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That is basically the response that I want to anything that I say.
1: I'm not sure if it's realistic, but I'm aiming for that. (laughs) I'm just laughing right now. (laughs)
0: Because we're in the middle of, and just knows this, we're in the middle of like a really ironic moment. (laughs) <laughs> in that I am in the middle of a very big <laughs> fight with my husband. Hi, uh-huh. honey. Um, By the time you listen to this, the fight will be over. <laughs> so please well, don't be mad at me. But one can hope. One can hope. True statement. <laughs> also, maybe I'll learn some things and I will have won. By the time this episode comes out, I
1: will have won
0: because I will be an excellent communicator.
1: Because our listeners might not know this, but Andrea likes to win she does. What? She's soft and she's got the princess voice, but she likes to win. Okay. That's fair. That is fair.
0: (laughs) Also, I should win. Here's some real deal shit right now. Okay. We're in the middle of an argument. It is not the first time we've had this argument because as Jess and I know, as couples therapists, it's not often about what you're talking about. Although to be fair, and I will not say what we're talking about, Honey, it is what we're talking about. It is that <laughs> done. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> He's gonna be so angry with me. Um, it is that. But also it's how we're talking about it. So communication is the backbone of everything that
1: we do. Sometimes we're great at it. Sometimes. We're not. I am validating that you are right, whatever it's about and whatever (laughs) you you think is the right answer. I think it's the right answer. Yes. Thank you. It's true. And technically, my delivery might
0: be just a tiny bit lacking in this moment. (laughs) I mean, if you asked me how I am as a communicator, I'd say 10 out of 10 gold star. And to be fair, I also claim that. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. However... Maybe not all the time. Maybe not all the time. And maybe this is true for you too. So you asked me as we were jumping into this episode kind of what's the point?
1: <laughs> the point <laughs> what's is. What's the point? I'm what's sorry, the point? I- I just had to laugh. No, I didn't say, what's the point? I said, what is your goal in this episode? It was a much softer, nicer. It wasn't, what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) You communicated really well, Jess. Don't worry. Thank you. I was looking for that validation.
0: Okay. See, we're doing it right now. It's happening. It's working. So the goal is we want to set a foundation about communication that you can refer back to, We want to put some language around what good communication looks like. We want to provide a framework where we can all kind of gut check what's going on. And at the end of the day, I think when you have all of that, when you have a framework, when you have language around it, when you can do a gut check, we can restore your power in your relationships. Because you need to know whether there's something for you to do with regards to communicating with another person or whether there's a situation that's just existing, right? A lot of times I work with women especially who come in and they're going, okay, I tried that last week and it just didn't work. I need new words. I need a different approach. I need to try harder. (laughs) And to be fair, sometimes we do, man. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we're really blowing it in the communication department but sometimes you're doing it just right and it's not working and it's not because you need a different approach. Knowing the difference is power. Okay, so there are four styles of communication. The first one is passive communication. Hmm. This looks like or sounds like you don't express your needs or your feelings or your opinions.
1: This is like kind of like people-pleasing. In some ways. Well, people pleasing is a maladaptive coping skill, right? And you know, what's fascinating to me about people pleasing is that I feel like it's actually an oxymoron kind of statement. Mm-hmm. Let me explain that. You're really not pleasing the other person. You're pleasing yourself. So you are doing whatever the other person wants you to do or saying whatever the other person wants you to say in order to avoid your own discomfort with saying it differently or not agreeing with them. Right. Right. And I guess it's worth noting that all of these types
0: of communication, they're there for a reason. And so if you've got a passive style of communication, kind of just letting everything float by
1: you, that served you in some way. Mm -hmm. I will say I wish I was a little more passive sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, like just, no, you can just let that one go. Just just hear it. Let it go through you. You don't have to respond. So this is not your base style is what you're saying. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. My (laughs) husband would be like, yeah, it's not. (laughs) This comes from wanting to not have conflict, I think. Mm -hmm. It might be something that you
0: developed probably in your early years where anything that you said where you spoke up was like smacked down or you had a really opinionated or aggressive parent in your home who didn't value what you said. And so your
1: way of working well in that system was kind of just to not speak up. Do you think that the child that could be labeled the easy child Mm -hmm. could develop a passive communication style? Totally. Right? You shouldn't speak up. Right. Because you are the easy one. You do things that you're supposed to do and you Mm -hmm. don't cause conflict. And that was praised. Yes. That was like your identity. That was what you needed to do. And it was praised. I'm kind of having one of those aha moments right now. So it's funny that now in the present, my dominant style is not passive. Right. But if you would have met me, I don't know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago in my teens, 20s, I actually was very passive. What? Very. Very passive, unless you pushed me way too far and then I would just explode. So it would be either one or the other. Yes, and that's
0: exactly how it was described in this framework, is that if you're more passive, you might not have identified your needs or your feelings or your wants. You might not express them, but you do have needs, wants, and feelings, and they will get trampled on or not attended to. And then you get resentful
1: and then you explode. You are describing to me my childhood, adolescence, and early 20s right now. What? This is blowing my mind. Guess what my label within my family of origin was? What? I was the happy child. Oh, my God. I was the easy, happy child. Nothing ever bothered me. I was always happy. Yeah. Not true. Right. But being called the easygoing, happy child that never caused conflict made me hold a lot in. Yeah. And so when we look at not knowing how to ask for what you need, well, first you have to know what you need. Mm-hmm. And it it's impossible. Yes. Not knowing what you need, not knowing what you feel, and not
0: communicating that to somebody else. Sometimes it can feel like, oh, yeah, I'm easygoing. Whatever you want to do works for me. But you're not really integrated. No. And you can become kind of confused about your own feelings and needs. It can lead to feeling depressed because you get stuck and you feel kind of hopeless, like things just aren't working out the way you need them to, but you're not in control there. And then I think, yeah, it leads to feeling anxious because your life can be
1: out of your control. <sighs> I wish I had this podcast when I was in my 20s. It would have been very helpful. I know. Because you do, when you finally figure out what you do maybe want Or you go to speak up or say, well, no, that's not really what I want to do. Oh, you're so anxious because you feel like you're doing something wrong. Yes. Oh, it would make me sick to my stomach because I felt so bad about it. Yes. And so it's worth noticing that where
0: you get stuck here and why it might be hard to change is that if you've been passive for a long time, you have to do all this deep work of knowing what you want, what you think, what you feel. And then you have to take the step of communicating that to somebody else and your normal meter is really low. Like everything feels like conflict. Saying, actually, I don't think I want pizza tonight feels like you just came in like the Kool-Aid man, like through the wall and
1: you're like, no, you know, Right. (laughs) I love the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) I got that visual, but it is, it's true. It feels like that, even though it's something small, right? And then if you don't do that, which understandably you don't,
0: because it feels that way, like in these small incidents along the way, and you have a big explosion, then you feel shame, you feel guilt, you feel confusion, and you can be criticized for that. Well, You didn't speak up. So it's really, really easy to get stuck here. That's passive communication. Okay, so let's move to the other end of the spectrum. One I have no knowledge of at all. And my husband would agree that this is not me at all ever aggressive communication.
1: Wait, are we being serious or are we joking? No,
0: we're not being serious. I'm being tongue-in-cheek because I feel shame right now. Okay, I
1: thought so, but I I was like, I I think she's sarcastic because I don't think this is accurate. Okay, thank God. No, Jess, I was deflecting with humor, okay? (laughs) Okay, good. It's hard to to take a look at your own moments, okay? God. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I just told you about the train wreck I was until like, I don't know, 30. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit more here as a baseline. And well, we can talk about why.
0: But aggressive communication looks like, so you know your feelings, you know your opinions, and you know what your needs are, but you might express them in a way or advocate for yourself in a way that violates the rights of other people. Mm. Mm -hmm. And there's, I just want to be clear, there's a spectrum here, okay? So I'm not a fucking monster. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really insecure right now.
1: Okay. Yeah, I probably sit in this category a lot more nowadays, too. Okay. Well, at least you're not alone. Okay. (laughs) Um, so just noticing all that's
0: coming up for me, I'm imagining what's coming up for people listening to this. And like, listen, sisters, we explore this with love.
1: Oh, for sure. And
0: no shame in this game. Okay. No shame. Ugh. Now I'm gonna say the next point. This looks like trying to dominate and control other people. Ooh. This is I'd like fun. to say dominate situations. There we go. Okay. And again, this is where that spectrum comes in. A person who's being aggressive in communication might use humiliation or criticism, blaming, attacking. And not every piece of this is true for everyone there.
1: Yeah. I mean, my arm's up. I do that. I do this. I have to own yeah, I, that. I don't say humiliation. I don't think I humiliate. No, I think I criticize. Maybe. Ooh, yeah, I criticize Maybe blaming. Sure.
0: Little attacking.
1: Uh, yeah, probably God. all but humiliation because I yeah. just don't – I think that's, that's just not nice. mean. Why are we doing this episode? I feel bad about myself I don't right know. Now. I thought – I did not think that I was going to have to share all of my inner thoughts. Right. Okay. So this person might have a low frustration tolerance.
0: <laughs> I can't say it without Shit. laughing. That's me. And maybe this looks like speaking in a loud or demanding or overbearing voice and maybe, maybe not listening so well and interrupting or using you statements. I'm Um, a really
1: bad interrupter.
0: Oh, sorry. Ah. Let's talk about why you might be like this. Personal aside, I think if you grew up in a house with a lot of conflict, you can go one way or the other. You can become totally passive, right? I get along to get along. I stand at the radar. Or you can go aggressive. And
1: that's what I believe is my origin story. Have you always... Because I was more passive and then I swung aggressive. Mm, I think I'm two-sided. Yeah. I like
0: to think in the world I'm pretty assertive for the most part, but I think in close relationship, if I feel unheard, unseen, unknown, unloved, that is like an existential threat to me. And I can take all my powers of assertiveness and like dial them up to like Mm. an 11 and – I will communicate the shit out of this situation. That's what Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. I can own that. I'm not owning it if my husband's listening. (laughs) I admit to absolutely nothing and I have nothing to apologize for. (laughs) (laughs) This is so fun. This might be my favorite episode. You know, sometimes don't you feel like you get the lesson that you need in the moment? Yes. I kind of thought this was going to be a nothing burger conversation. And here we are. I'm having like a crisis. For me, growing up in a house with someone who had substance use disorder, uh, I actually i am going to say it differently. Growing up in a house with someone who was a drunk, that's the way I'm going to say it because that's the experience that I had. Mm-hmm. I, from a very young age, was quite parentified. And you know what? This was the best that my 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old self could do.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like I stepped into a protective role, but it does not serve me now. But at that time, it did. And I think that's such an important piece. Yes. This isn't just something that happened. It's no. something that we learned and developed along the way. But like we said, this isn't
1: serving someone who gets this way because you get alienated from other people. Well, and don't you think when you're so aggressive and you're attacking, you can create this very lonely world yeah. because one, people don't want to be around you or two, you're very misunderstood. Right. Right, So labeled the angry one, the aggressive one, and it's like, ah, I don't think that's accurate. That's just what we see on the outside from a behavior standpoint, but it's also somebody who doesn't know how to communicate their needs any better than somebody with a passive communication style. Right. Yeah, it looks so different, but the
0: effectiveness is about the same. Yeah. Neither one of these styles leads to your own needs, wants, feelings being received,
1: yeah, you're not connected in either mm-hmm. one of these patterns. You're very mm-hmm. isolated and alone and misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would know nothing about that. <laughs> <Me> neither. <laughs> that was that sounds to... sad. That sounds sad. <laughs> that sounds really sad. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, I'm going to need a breather now. So let's pick up with our third style right after the break. All right. We've talked about passive and we've talked about aggressive. So now let's talk about the love child of the two, the passive-aggressive communication style. Hmm. Okay, now Jess, you were bristling at the term (laughs) passive-aggressive. I could read it through your note on the Google Doc. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, someone has feelings about the phrase... Passive aggressive.
1: I do remember reading it and like writing something, but it was like between sessions, right? So it was in that framework. But yeah, I do kind of... What do you feel about this? The label? I just, it gets misused all the time. And that's what makes me crazy. You're so right.
0: It's kind of like the, you know, we've talked about how much we hate therapy speak going into the world. It's like the term gaslighting. There's an actual definition to that. There's an actual, like, that means an actual thing. And passive aggressive has a definition. And this is like part of why we have to ground in this because otherwise it's used. As a weapon, and honestly, it's not used well. Like it's used as a blunt force weapon to say, you're passive aggressive.
1: So I don't have to participate or oh, I don't have to listen. Yes. It's such like an out. You're a narcissist. That's another one. And it's like, right. oh, no, there's actually a clinical term for narcissist. Yeah. oh Yeah. Maybe you're just a selfish prick. You're <laughs> just an
0: asshole. Yeah. Um- <laughs> You can be mean and selfish without being a narcissist. You might might be 100%. And you can communicate poorly without it being passive-aggressive. Correct. Of course, you might be passive-aggressive. And if you are, it looks like – so this is a style where individuals appear passive on the surface, but they're really acting out in subtle, indirect, behind-the-scenes way. This is, I know what I want. I know what I think. I know what I feel. I'm not going to communicate it with you. I'm not going to own it, but
1: I'm going to sideways show you that. Mm. That could look like sarcasm. I tell couples all the time sarcasm because I see it and I hate to gender stereotype, but I see it with men all the time. Mm -hmm. You always say, oh, sarcasm used in moments of vulnerability. Talk about a connection killer. Yes. Yes. Or like...
0: Muttering to yourself under your breath, or saying, "Okay, well, we're done with this conversation," but then throwing a dig, oh, and walking away, oh, I think that's passive aggressive. And I think that there are people who think that they're being passive or easygoing, but are actually passive aggressive. Oh, for sure. This person might also deny that there's a problem or anger present, and you can tell like there is a problem. I think of it almost as becoming obscured. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And I also think anybody listening who is relatively close to our age group or has baby boomer parents probably grew up with this. Mm. I think yes. the majority of baby boomer women are pretty passive aggressive.
0: Yes. So true. It was mono. Yeah. So true. So a person who's using this style might appear to be cooperative – But intentionally doing things to annoy or disrupt or sabotage. This isn't in the technical definition, but I think triangulating is passive aggressive. Ooh. So like I have a problem with you and I'm going to look like we're getting along together and I'm going to say, yeah, sounds like a great idea. And then I'm going to go over to so-and-so and and say, that was a terrible idea. She's the worst. Now we're going to do it this way. Let's do it the way we want anyway. We We will never say it to her. I think triangulating happens 100%. I agree with you. I just think about all the family systems where that is happening. Family systems, it happens. Yeah. So why do you think that someone might develop a
1: passive-aggressive style? (sighs) Well, it's a blending of the two. You don't think it is okay. So I'm the easy child. I'm not supposed Mm -hmm. to speak up, but I'm really annoyed and angry right now. So I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it in a passive way because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. This definitely has to do with the rules, the roles, the
0: norms of your family system, right? Maybe we're not allowed to address things directly, but I do know what I want or need, but because I can't say it directly, I feel powerless. Yeah. So I gain back a little bit of the power by trying to get the things that I want or need, but not
1: directly because that's not allowed. I think every human being also is passive-aggressive in in Uh, some relationship, right? Like we all have to own that as humans. We, I mean, to be fair, we all have moments when
0: we're passive. We all have moments when we're aggressive. We all have moments when we're passive-aggressive. Yes. And ideally, we will all have moments when we're assertive and increasingly more so if we are able to put language around it and understand like what is good communication beyond I get what I want at the end of it. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because to be fair, you can be super aggressive or super passive or super passive aggressive and get what you want at the end of it, and that
1: doesn't mean it's going well.
0: And you can be a perfect communicator and not get what you want at the end of it, and that doesn't mean that you're a bad communicator. Exactly. So this style does not serve – it does not serve you. And actually, I think these three, the passive, the aggressive, and the passive aggressive, all lead to being alienated from other people. It leads to tension Mm, and drama mm -hmm. and stress in relationships. All three of them, it looks different, but it leads to that. Also, in all three of these ways of communicating, you remain powerless. Mm, That's a big point. Yeah, you're not actually able to get what you need. And I also think that they're a sign of, but they also lead to immaturity in yourself, but also
1: in your relationships. Oh, 100% agree with you on that one. 100%. So what is the answer? Like, what are we aiming for? I mentioned it before.
0: That is assertive communication. Now, this is a style in which individuals clearly state their opinions and feelings, firmly advocate for their rights and needs without violating the rights of others. And I think it's really important to note that this has a lot to do with valuing yourself and valuing other people.
1: I think we put a lot of emphasis on valuing yourself, but it's also valuing others just as much as yourself. And so that's where I see women get stuck a lot is valuing themselves, which is great. We should do that, but kind of digging in on that. Well, this is my thought, this is my opinion and you just better like it versus yes, you can stand in your own, but you can also seek to understand somebody else, right? Or value their thoughts and opinions. You don't have to agree with them. Yes, and the reverse can be true. You totally value somebody
0: else all the time. You say, whatever you want, whatever you need. I get along to get along. I don't have any sense of myself, right? I just want to be easygoing and nice. And that leads you away from the other important half of this, which is valuing yourself, in order for us to communicate well, it's like we want to bring two fully formed humans to the table mm-hmm. in a way that communicates respect, empathy, understanding, listening. And when you can do that, like be clear and honest to the point, calm, relaxed, express your own stuff, I, not you, you can get things done and you can grow as a human. And also in your relationship. The thing that I think sometimes we lose sight of is what is my goal at the end of this? Not just in this conversation, but in this relationship. In theory, our goal is to have you are my person, you've got my back, I've got your back. We lift each other up and build each other up and like we are our best selves together. I think that's the goal of being married, but I don't know that it looks Mm -hmm. like that when we get into it. This is why it's important to know what these styles are, but this is also why it's important that when we're getting into it with somebody that we can both ground in what we're aiming for because it's impossible to do this on your own. Like You can own your side of the street, but it's really hard to hold that position of I'm calm, I'm honoring, I'm mature if you're not also that way.
1: Does that make sense? Think you got to have buy-in is what right. you're saying from both partners. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get the buy-in by establishing a common yeah. goal. Yeah. And I think majority of people will say, I want to be able to have a better conversation with right. you. I don't want to fight. I don't want to feel like I have to roll over or just give right. in. That's pretty good buy-in. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So let's say that you're listening to this right now, okay? You're having a little gut check moment. You're thinking about that last time that you were talking to your husband or your kid or your mom or your boss and you're going, that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Like, that's not who I aim to be. What do you do with that, Jess?
1: Hmm. Explore it, examine it, get curious. Yes, It's hard to do. To be fair, that's very hard to do and it's very uncomfortable. But when we approach that from a place of curiosity, that's how we figure out what the need is that drives that behavior. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am guilty as charged of having an aggressive moment. Then I sit in a pit of shame later on and say to myself, why'd I do that? Why'd I say that? So I can sit there and beat myself over the head with the shame stick or I can get curious about what was happening. What insecurity was hit inside me? Why did it come out aggressively? Then I can own it and have a different conversation. And often, you know, sometimes I have to apologize. Not easy. (laughs) Not easy. conversation to have. Yeah, sometimes you have to apologize. And (laughs) you
0: know what you actually could do? And I mean, this is going to sound like gross self-promotion, but I'm going to do it anyway. You could send them this episode. Send it to your sister. Send it to your mom. Send it to your husband. And it's not like this. Hey, asshole. You know, when you think you're being passive and easygoing, (laughs) you're actually passive aggressive. Or, hey, you think that you're being assertive, but you're nasty. Okay, that's not going to do it. Nor will they listen. Nor should they. (laughs) Honestly, you're being a dick if you do that. But I I know in having this conversation and having this conversation right now with you, it's allowing me to take a breath and a step back and go, mm, this is not just about like what I want you to do differently. It's about how I want to relate to you from a protected mm-hmm. and not in the moment space. This is not going to work in the moment, ladies, because you're already in it. You're doing your thing. Mm-hmm. You're defaulting to your base style, right? But I could say something along the lines of, you know, I listened to this. And I can hear some things that I would like to do differently. I don't want to act that way when we talk about this thing. And I'd like to talk to you about how we talk to one another. Get a little meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flip side. So let's say that you're listening to this and you're like, look, I have been working this shit out of my communication. I can. Honestly, look back at how I'm talking with this person about this thing and say, I'm getting it right and I'm still not getting my way. I'm still not getting what I want. I'm not getting the buy-in. It's not changing. Now, what do you do?
1: Go find an EFT couples therapist. Yeah. (laughs)
0: True. 100%. (laughs) Let's get you working on that cycle, loves. Yeah. Sometimes you
1: cannot do this on your own. Truth. I mean, I'm actually being very honest about that. Yes. Everyone should go.
0: Everyone should go.
1: Also, sometimes, you know, you just like keep
0: running into the same wall and going, this wall's going to change. This wall's going to change. This wall's going to change if I just say it right. Sometimes we just have to call a spade a spade. Hmm. We are at an impasse. You want something. I want something. This situation isn't changing. Maybe it's something we're dealing with in our lives. Maybe there's an external relationship. There's other people involved. It's just not going to get where we want to go. That's okay. We can communicate assertively. We can hear each other. We can say, I see you. I get you. And we don't agree. We're at an impasse. Mm -hmm. And we can live through that. It doesn't have to be a thing we do over and over. Well... I got some conversations to have, (laughs) if you do too. To the women who are listening today, to hopefully the partners who are listening today, hey partners, who feel like you'd like to communicate better, we hope that laying this groundwork, exploring this framework allows you to get oriented and yes, do a quick gut check about where your communication game is at. With love, with curiosity, and without shame, Because in this case, amongst many others, knowledge is power, and it gives you a jumping off point from which you can really change the way that you live in the world and live with other people. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life, and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, Send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.